All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Canes Insight Podcast brought to you by Canes, where, as you can see, uh, we are doing this a, a remote episode today. I'm here at the FRM studio slash offices, uh, D-Money at the world-renowned Miami Beach Studios. Uh, a lot of classics have come out of the booth over there, so, you know, we'll see what we can bring you guys today. But, uh, yeah, D, the, the Canes obviously... Last week, game against Clemson, uh, unfortunately, went kind of how most would have expected in terms of Miami struggling to get things going offensively. You know, I wouldn't say that they were ever truly in the game, but mucked it up late um, and put themselves into p- position a battle and get some guys right, some valuable snaps, uh, you know, late, late in that game. I would say, obviously, it still uh, was a 30-point game. Um, but what are your takeaways from what we saw last week? It was, uh, it was really like three games, right? Because yeah. in the first half, I'm like, I thought this was going to be bad, and this is worse than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was depressing. Um, then you had a comeback, almost cut it to two scores, and you're thinking, all right, well, this is better than I thought it was going to be. And then at right. the end, Clemson pulls away, and it kind of ends up, and with a result that doesn't surprise you. It kind of lands where you expected originally is how I look at that game. Um, disappointing because there weren't a ton of flashes. You know, you were hoping that maybe, you know, maybe a Jakari hits that pass to Restrepo and gets some confidence, right? Or maybe one unit plays well and, and gets you going. There wasn't a ton of that. Um, you know, I thought some good performances were Wesley Besaint. Uh, he looks like mm-hmm. the man at linebacker, everything that we hoped he'd be. We talked about in the preseason, uh, you know, that Wesley was the type of guy that he'd get in the lineup and he'd never leave. Well, he's in the lineup, right. but he's not going to leave unless he gets hurt. Um, so that's happened, and it's good to at least see that come to fruition. Um, I mean, Miami's been looking for a dynamic linebacker for for how long, you know? It's been a long – probably, I mean, Spence and Perryman, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will say FRM. You know, get some love for FRM. First of all, I'm going to look to you, Pete. Before the season, on our preseason pod, you said that Cam Kitchens would be the MVP of the entire defense, and that could not have been more true. I'm yeah. shocked at the gap. I mean, he's the MVP by a mile. Uh, we're talking. I mean, he's about, the team. I mean, he's the team MVP. He might be an All America if you just look at the yeah. stats. This dude might be an All. Which is how, which is how all those. I mean, those lists are normally chosen off the stats. So he's he's going to put himself in very good position to be at the very least a second team All-American. You know, you could say the team success may may hurt him or lack thereof, but his performance alone, he deserves to be on one of those teams. Well, you're the agent, so you should know this. Is he still leading the nation in, in interceptions? I know he was going into the game. Uh, I was... Honestly, uh, you know, even though I am the agent, some the stats can be misleading uh, when it comes to the NFL uh, projections, not necessarily in his case, but I don't, I don't know that off the top of my head. If you give me... Give me a second here. Yeah, look it up. I'm curious are... myself. I know he was leading the nation going in. He almost had another one where he he uh, it was a yeah, tip so, ball. So it's him. It, it's him tied with a couple other guys. Clark Phillips, one of them at Utah, who's who's one of the top corners in the country. He's definitely an NFL guy. Um, and then Emmanuel Forbes at Mississippi State, who's another one with NFL buzz. So and th- both of those guys are corners. So. Yeah, he's he's leading. You could say he's still tied for the lead, and and he's leading when it comes to uh, safeties right now. So yeah, and he got his hands on another another couple balls last week, mm-hmm. forced a fumble, um, and his tackling. I mean, you talk about the tape or talk about the stats and the tape not always being the same, but with him, the stats don't tell you to meet a story of his open field tackling. He has saved so many big plays 
mm-hmm. who was tackling, very similar to Jaquan Johnson, who you and I compared him to out of high school, basically a bigger, faster, better version of Jaquan Johnson, more of a ball hawk. So, you know, happy to see his development in, in a bad season. Yeah, another FRM guy I want to show some love to because he had a very good game is DJ Ivy. And really, if it wasn't for that Middle Tennessee game, which is such a high-profile play to get beat on, really, I mean, just kind of a turning point in the season type moment. Um, I think his season will be looked at differently because he is doing a lot of nice things. He's improved quite a bit and uh, had another good game uh, against Clemson, uh, getting his hand on Yeah, it, it's funny It's funny you mentioned him because I, I was talking to a scout this morning who, who um, basically told me, look, that's a guy who's going to get a lot of buzz in the springtime. And I know, again, we've said it. It doesn't need to be said in terms of the physical gifts that he has, right? But that's the type of stuff the scouts love and, you know, uh, most people who've been around the kid and I think the fans would, would understand at this point that um, he's done everything the right way inside and outside of that building. So he's going to interview and do very well in that part of the process. So listen, there was a lot of talk last year about John Ford, right? He got drafted um, by the Packers. I think that surprised some Canes fans, right? Um, I would look at DJ in a similar light um because he just has the stuff they're looking for at that position so we'll see we'll see what uh his process looks like moving forward but i'm excited for him yeah mesador another guy seven sacks now in the year um having an outstanding year i'd say him leonard taylor who i thought also had a very good game uh and he came in there banged up too so yeah so those two daryl jackson camp kitchens now you're looking at actual you know playing on any team kind of foundation a foundation to build on for sure and you know we're probably bearing the league if someone's listening to this podcast like wait a minute wasn't that a complete blowout and we got smoked which we did and now we focus on the positive to start but the not trying to bury the lead 100 yards of offense in this day and age i don't care how young your quarterback is how good the opponent is is shockingly bad and i get the same question every week i answer the same way every week I don't expect Gaddis back. I expect major changes on offense. I don't think anybody thinks that this is acceptable or normal. Or the pro- right. you know, There's injuries, which are significant injuries, I mean, multiple contributors on offense. There's a lot going on, but nobody thinks that this is acceptable and normal and there are going to be major changes. And that's really all I can say about the offense because otherwise it's just kind of a lame duck operation. I mean, we we knew the the distinct disadvantage that they were going to have on, on at the line of scrimmage, especially with Clemson's defensive line. So that in itself um, was going to make it tough. But like you said, it's been it's been a tough year. I think there's a lot more things positive to look at defensively than than you know being able to hold on to things offensively, which is going to be the focus uh, this offseason, obviously for for Mario and and his uh, you know his trusted. Uh, circle of of uh decision makers right so um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to watch that kind of play out in the off season so d obviously miami fighting for bowl eligibility uh this weekend against pittsburgh i know a lot of people were kind of confused as to why it's a an 8 p.m game um but obviously senior night and as disappointing of a year as it's as it's been um you know obviously senior night's always uh you know an emotional night and um, you know, there's going to be some guys out there that have, you know, given their all and worn the orange and green. Um, so that's, like I said, always, always a kind of the emotions are, are lifted and with fighting for bowl eligibility, right? I mean, before we get into the specifics of the game, 
obviously you're never going to root for Miami to lose, but where do you kind of stand on the getting the extra practices, the bowl game practices, or, you know, man, unleashing this staff and Mario, I should say, really, because we don't know what the staff's going to look like next year, right? But unleashing Mario on the recruiting trail and also getting a head start on, you know, the coaching search uh, as you'd expect there to be across the board. Yeah, a couple things. Number one, senior night's always, it's different emotions because you're always, people are always kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, this was a bad season. You People are usually checked out at this point for the last 15 years because we were out of it, you know, and I always feel bad because the seniors don't get the respect they deserve on the senior day. These guys put in so much time between academics, between training, between practice, between what they do on the field. And, you know, I really like the opportunity to go to the stadium and, and, and show them You guys have had three coaches, too. A lot of adversity, so, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the, these guys work well, I don't know, so hard. I know that – I don't know if they've had – I don't know if I want to if I want to say that. Like the Ivy and, Ivy and Scaife class, did they have Rick for a year? I, I don't I, – I can't remember off the top of my head, but they definitely yeah. recruited yes. by them. Yes, yeah, they, they did. did. They did. Yeah, three so, coaches. You know, I get my, get my years mixed up sometimes, but three coaches. So that's always, you know, not to make excuses. <laughs> you know, the players are always part of the problem, but, you know, it, it's like you said, some of those guys, all of them, but, you know, certain guys in particular, it's tough to lump them in with, you know, the failures of, of classes as a whole. So – um, you know, hopefully the fans give them the uh, the respect they deserve out there. Absolutely. Then as far as w- would you rather unleash Mario, lose, get the recruiting season early, or go to a bowl and have the practices, I'm always a favor of win. Win, build momentum, win a bowl. We've won – how many bowls have we won? I mean, remember when they, when they won that bowl against West Virginia, they were taking the, the trophy to recruiting visits. You know, that random December bowl, they were taking that trophy to recruiting visits. That's how important it was to them. So – any kind of bowl win, I think, is a positive. Any kind of opportunity to go to a bowl, beat a team like Pitt, which is better than Miami this year, is a positive. Um, to, to beat a team like Pitt, you'll have to have young guys and, and core guys coming back make right. plays, so that's always good because you get their confidence up. So I, I'm in favor of win. You, you don't, Mario does not need to be unleashed. He is going to be nonstop recruiting no matter what. I mean, the only people that are going to suffer are his wife and kids who aren't going to see him. But it's not like practicing for UM – football is going to deter his recruiting he is going to be recruiting no matter what so uh yeah. I, I wouldn't be uh i wouldn't be concerned about that so cheering hard for a win um you know looking at pit kind of your standard pit team as far as the defense a strong defense uh very strong pass rush miami has a, the arguably the best pass rush in p5 this year when you look at the numbers the miami hurricanes but pit right there is always always disruptive with the tackles for loss uh with the sacks not a huge defensive line usually but a uh, defensive line that gets a field and causes problems that way um offensively two of those guys are south florida guys by the way yeah you talk about in, uh, in Kansi and and deslin alexander um, yeah, two, i believe yeah. went to deerfield yeah, two guys we talked about on Kane's Insight when they were coming out. You can look at it. Can't see. You know, he's small. I, I'm not surprised they didn't take him because he really is small. But I thought you take him and use him as kind of like a fullback on offense and use him as a pass rushing defensive tackle on defense. Uh, there was a kid at Wake Forest who went to the Giants who had that kind of dual role. But Cansey ended up being uh, you know, pretty much an every-down defensive tackle, so he grew into yeah. that position and, and is doing a phenomenal job. And Alexandre, he was a, a late-blooming kind of kid. I think it was late to football, but you could see the size, the athleticism. He's had time in the program now to grow and to build his body up. It is now just you know, another very good uh, 
maybe NFL type defensive. Their best position. one is probably eighty-seven, the edge Baldonado, who actually spent his senior year in Clearwater. He's from Italy originally, but I mean that's three guys right there who can all get after the quarterback. So. Yeah, kind of like Mesidor, right? Who's in the Mesidor yeah. Clearwater kid that's from Canada. So they get yep, a lot of yep. uh, international kids there in Clearwater. Um, but anyways, so so they're on the they're offense. Just... And listen, even on the offensive side of the ball, they're you know very strong run game. Um, Abanaconda is a guy who um, you know has has definitely the NFL has has their eyes on him, right? And he's been an explosive back. I think he had like a six touchdown game earlier this year. Um, so that's that's going to be a tough thing for them to to stop. Yeah, my, and Pitt, Pitt's running the ball more this year than they did with Pickett. Right. I believe they're among the top teams in rushing play percentage. So they're running the ball like It's funny because they the were time. throwing it all over the place last year with Pickett and Addison. Obviously, Slovis came in and they thought, you know, a lot of people thought it would be much of the same. Brought in a receiver, Mumfield, I believe he's number 14, who also um, is a talented guy for them as well. So think a lot of people thought it'd be that spread it out game but um it, it's been more old school pit football yeah Miami's had a good rush defense this year uh really the weakness for Miami on defense has been the explosive pass and the communication breakdowns on the back end that's been the story of Miami season otherwise pass rush has been great run defense has been much improved so I think with Miami you still have to avoid those communication breakdowns because those would be a killer but I think they need to stop the explosive run because Pitt has the ability to go 70 yards on the with, with the running game uh, in one play. So you have to stop the explosive run. A guy like Cam Kitchens continue to tackle great on the back end. James Williams, you know, 6'5", he's had problems tackling in space. Uh, cannot have a breakdown that allows these guys to make explosive plays in the running game. Um, that's going to be the matchup, really. Miami's run defense against Pitt's run offense. And then offensively, you know, there's going to be the question of quarterback. Uh, I would not rule out any of the three quarterbacks and I'm saying three um you know TVD is, is TVD Jakari J- uh, Jake Garcia Pitt needs to be preparing for all three because I, I believe there's a realistic possibility that any of those guys can play uh, so that's I would expect Jakari to still get some snaps you know I, I I think he's at this point involved in the game plan regardless of who of who starts right but I mean just how valuable do you think these last couple games are going to be for him moving forward because I don't think anyone expected to see him this year, right, at any point other than package plays, which you have mentioned, you know, since very early on in the season would be a part of what we saw. But, you know, people expect him to be a redshirt guy, not not see the field at all, obviously has, has a lot of growth to do. But, I mean, I would expect these moments to be huge for his development. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's 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 the nature of the game. You know, two weeks ago, ready to put him up for the Heisman. Uh, we had him, we had his coach on the podcast and, and, you know, said some great things about him. You go to Clemson, a vastly superior team that's not lost at home in forever. Um, send him and this flawed offense up there. He missed a couple plays. I mean, that Restrepo throw, if he makes that, which he's made before in practice a million times, you know, that changes the whole mood of the, of the game. It changes his confidence. It changes a lot. But a lot um, of that is adrenaline and, 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 you know, calming down in that moment no so that's what that's what this experience is to me it's priceless for him absolutely and uh he's going to continue to develop 
people are like, oh, you know, they're writing up. People are writing him off after one start against Clemson. To me, it's absurd. We just saw this with Jordan Travis. I mean, forget about. Look, I can go back to Vince Young and watch Vince Young's first two seasons, and he could not pass at all. And he ended up being what people remember in the Rose Bowl. I'm not going to go to that comparison because you know that's that is a special guy, and you don't not there's only one of him. It doesn't always turn out that way. But Jordan Travis is a someone we saw in the ACC, and people said he could not throw, he could not throw. Now he's pretty much one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the nation in an offense right. built around him with improvement. So th- that is not an extreme example. Hendon Hooker, we've used that example a million times. These are examples you can look to without getting too. Uh, creative or, 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 or imagining things too much. So, um, you know, I don't get too high, too low on Jakari. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He's a twitchy guy. He has long speed. He has a good arm. He has a good attitude and he's got to work on his fundamentals and his accuracy. And I hope he keeps improving. That's kind of the story on him. And like you said, this, this is all going to be very invaluable to him and Pete up. Well, know, listen, I'm excited for recruiting season, man. I'm ready for it. Even though I'm, you know, I can watch from the sidelines now. Um, you know, it's 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 a busy time of year for me with, you know, recruiting also and in, in, in my own uh, world. But as a Canes fan now, it's going to be going to be nice to watch Mario work. And this is this is where he shines. So absolutely. We got the bank coming up a little later. And uh, yep. right now we got some we got some Canes Insight community members in the in the waiting room. We're about to after this break, we're going to throw them on. And uh, and and take some calls live. Do something a little different for the holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, of course. And uh, we'll see what people have to say. It's going to be fun. So, Pete, if you can hang around, hang around. If you got to close some million dollar deals, do your thing. But uh, we'll get started on on something different. Taking some calls live uh, from the Canes Insight community. So uh, stay tuned on that one. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Canes wear still the number one spot for all your. Canes needs, your South Florida sports teams needs, they got it all. They got the new Miami Knights jerseys coming in, all kinds of new gear coming in, uh, the new Adidas Ultra Boost, everything you need to get ready for this season. You know, you've been working hard. Christmas is still a long way away. You got some money saved up. Blow it now. Buy some stuff. Get ready for the season. Look right. Everybody else is investing. Invest in yourself. Invest in your wardrobe. Look, no more of these old ugly shirts from the 2014, 2016 when we lost a lot. New era, new gear, same old Canes wear, the best in the business for South Florida sports. Oh, look at that. We will get that the icon right there. Look at that. What a what a surprise. We got the man himself, Stevo. Look at that. Looking good, man. I saw you I saw you at some fine restaurant uh dressed up like you were going to uh to a football game what's up man what, what happened to the class <laughs> oh man i can't fake the vibe man i'm i'm always my closet's full i don't own a pair of jeans or slacks i have nothing but air maxes jordans you know all types of stuff with you know with matching jogger fits to go with them i, I can't fake the vibe i pay so <laughs> it's all good hey well listen when you're when you're making all this media money you know, and you're going to these galas and stuff more often, you know, you might have to make some adjustments. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Wait, well, Steve, so what's up? So what do you think about this weekend? Pittsburgh, you know, people are, a lot of people are riding the game off. They're already going to jump into recruiting. But uh, what are you looking to see this weekend? Uh, looking, you know, for it sucks to say, but play with heart, you know, finish out for the seniors. Even if, you know, some of those guys maybe we would have wished they went a different direction at Miami. 
uh, you know, just go out with a bang, get bowl eligible. You know, I'm all about guys like Wesley getting 15 more practices, guys like Chris Graves and Rogers, uh, get the young guys more practices. People don't understand how big that is. It's huge. It's basically like an extra set of spring. Spring practices, you get 15. You know, so you get 15 for a bowl game. Uh, you know, it, it's huge for development. But I, I'm looking for guys just play hard, keep winning, uh, you know, well, not keep winning, but win. And uh, I think we'll we'll probably drop the the, the new uniform because I mean Adidas is probably calling Coach Mario like, "Yo, y'all gotta wear them sometime." <laughs> By the way, those who don't know, we're talking to Steve O, three six five Canes football. Follow him on YouTube. He's the one that does the breakdowns every week, which you know are invaluable during recruiting season. He's breaking guys down. He's training these dudes. Uh, he's doing all kinds of stuff. So, Steve-O, you're the man. Hey, listen, we're flying through this because we got 10 minutes before they shut us off. So, uh, so anything you want to, anything you want to say, anything you want to plug, give it to us. Uh, yeah, I, I have one question in mind: is how, if we have coaching staff changes, how quick do you think they were will be made? Obviously, since Canes fans, you know, we had a, a probably a big gap between hires were made between you know the vacancies. Yeah, hope faster than last year because you know what happened last year? We 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 slipped. We we took it slow. Ended up missing on the hire first of all, but you also lost a lot of transfer portal wide receivers who were looking and saying, "Where's the offensive coordinator?" And then what happens? You go into camp and you don't got any receivers. So to me, I think the portal they're not going to wait around. They want to see what we got. So I would move faster. I don't know what's going to happen, but that I would hope we learned our lesson from last year because it didn't work out. Number one, with all the time you took. And number two, you lost out on a lot of talent in the portal. So I'm hoping it's going to be faster. I don't know that. But that's what I'm hoping. They learn from experience. So so that's my thought. I went and saw the uh, preferred walk-on that Mario snagged here in Wisconsin. His team played in the championship. How do you look? You're referring to the fullback defensive tackle, preferred walk-on. The name is, 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 is escaping me right Sam, now. Sam Kofel. There you go. So how do you look? Yeah. He's good. He's highly regarded. I'm surprised uh, there's rumors that Wisconsin's going to offer him. But uh, happy to have him on the king. He, he is very physical, obviously something that we need. I, I appreciate the insight. Do you see him as a fullback or a defensive tackle, special teams? How do you see him working out? Uh, definitely fullback. He doesn't have the size. He's 6'2", 250-something. Um, I'm pretty sure he's got a wrestler background, if I recall. So wouldn't be playing on the D-line specifically. It makes sense for fullback uh, after hearing that. Beautiful. Any, any mm -hmm. question or anything you want to drop before? Because we're rolling through these, so give us sure. some. Uh, was just curious to see when looking back at some of the guys Mario was talking to uh, the first time around, and you kind of touched on the timing. Uh, do you think it's a, a totally new group that he's going to reach out to? Or do you think uh, some of the names that he initially talked to would be some of the same candidates this time around? Thanks. I, I think he'll circle back. And I think the, the key difference is if an office coordinator comes in, he's going to bring some of his own guys because that was really the chemistry was a learning situation, understanding that the, that you can't just put together an all-star staff and expect things to be smooth, even if they're individually successful. You need some speak the same language, particularly on offense, which requires so much cohesion and coordination. So I think – uh, that's going to be the biggest difference. I think we'll circle back on guys, hopefully, because I like some of the names that we heard the first time. But I think the biggest difference is going to be more freedom to bring in uh, their own players. So appreciate the question and appreciate the uh, the scouting report, man. I didn't know we were going to get that. That's good. If we can get preferred walk-ons to play, you know, great programs have that. Even Clemson, places like that, Alabama, they've had walk-ons play and contribute. So uh, would be great to get somebody like that 
and, and get a nice Wisconsin uh, get a nice Wisconsin headbuster in the program. That, that'd be good to see. So, hey, man, I appreciate the call and, and the scouting report. All right, who we got next? Hey, D, this is Georgia Kane. So, um, yeah, I was at Clemson, actually, this past weekend, and uh, you had mentioned something on an earlier pod about how – Miami sucked for years, but we still get everybody's best shot. Uh, I go to Clemson games on a pretty regular basis. My family has season tickets, and that was as good a half as DJ's played in two years. Maybe part of the Wake Forest game, too, but uh, it's just amazing how even though we suck, we always bring out the best in everyone. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a great point you made. Um, and my other question is, uh, you know, what percentage would you put – you can both these players, Zion coming back and playing for Miami next year, and then TVD playing for Miami. Uh, TVD, I'd put over 50%. I, I expect him back. Um, nothing's for sure. I'd expect TVD back, and we need him. I mean, he's the best quarterback on the team. There's no question about that. Um, still a lot of uncertainty there, but I, I'd expect TVD back. Um, with respect to Zion, I think that. I don't know. I asked about him this morning, and the answer was, we don't know. We want him back. We'll take him back. Um, we don't know. I think it'd be crazy to go pro. He's getting some bad advice if he goes pro because he, he does not have the film to do that coming off an injury like he like he has. He's not he's not six seven three forty. You know, he's got to have film to put on to show that his athleticism and his toughness and his his, his explosive striking ability will translate. He can't just rely on physical tools and old tape like a Panay Sewell or someone like that. He's not that. So I think he should come back. All I asked about this morning, I didn't get an answer aside from we want him back. And I think he'd help the program quite a bit. But TVD, I'd say, I would, I would, if, you had me, if you asked me to predict, I would predict TVD's back. So thanks for the question. What else we got? If, if people are going to be shy, I'm going to ask another one. Do you know what level of involvement uh, Zoe is having in the potential coaching staff changes? Good question. Um, I don't know exactly that. I know he's a trusted advisor on all this stuff, and he saw what happened. He's observing the room without any kind of ego involved. Um, you know, he's been out of the coaching ranks because really, when you're a scout, you're just talking to coaches. It's not like you're hiring guys or working with guys like Mario has and all that. So, you know, to me, I think he he will be involved, but. It really comes down to Mario, man, and learning his lesson, saying what went wrong here because we spent the money, so it wasn't the money. It wasn't going cheap. It wasn't unproven guys. It was proven guys, but yet you had things like communication breakdowns in the secondary leading to explosive plays. You had an offense that's one of the worst in Miami history despite bringing back a proven quarterback and experienced offensive line. I mean, these are fundamental coaching problems uh, that went as bad as they could have gone. So he's just got to evaluate, and I think the – I'm broken record on this, but the focus is going to be on chemistry and continuity. Still getting top quality guys. You're not promoting interns necessarily, but you want some sort of cohesion and, and trust. All right. It is the Thanksgiving edition of the bank. But before we get started, we got to fill up the bank a little bit with some money from underdog fantasy. Use promo code CIS when you sign up for Underdog Daily Fantasy or use the link on the website and on Twitter and all, all the places we put it out. You get a match up to a $100 deposit. You deposit 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks from Underdog. Start playing right away with 200 bucks or more. It's free money. Take it. Start playing. It is the best in daily fantasy. 
I'm talking about football, basketball, baseball, MMA, hockey, whatever sports you like. Go in there. Put your pick your pick your teams. You could do a daily fantasy draft. Don't have to worry about setting your lineups. Don't have to worry about guys getting injured that you drafted back in August, September. Just do your daily fantasy drafts and, and put your team together and really enjoy this final stretch of the season and make some money. Or you could do pickems, which is what I like to do. Over unders on individual performance. Uh, been shaky lately, so I'm going with some guys that have been good to me all year. I got uh, Chris Olave over. 61 and a half yards. My fellow Cuban, Chris Olave, uh, he's been great all year and he's been great on my picks. So it's over 61 and a half yards for Olave, over 74 and a half yards for Jalen Waddell, and over 91 and a half yards for Tyreek Hill. Those receivers have been consistently getting yards. Go with the guys that got you here. So I will go with those three. If you want to pick against me, I've been doing pretty bad lately. You could do that too. Make your own picks. Get your free money, promo code CIS, or the promo link on the website and get the plain underdog fantasy right away. Okay, so the bank. Uh, recruiting is a roller coaster, as you all know, and it changes day to day. So what I'm going to give you is the freshest info, you know, as good sources as you can get uh, of what's happening right now on some key positions. So I will start with your quarterback. We talked about a little bit on the board, but I don't expect any names to emerge there. I think it's going to be Emory Williams and continue to develop Jakari Harris. TVD comes back. That's what I think is going to be the projection. Then you recruit a guy for 2024. That's what you're looking at at quarterback. Uh, running back, we talked about Kyron Jones, the NC State commit last week. Mark Fletcher recently de decommitted from, from Ohio State. This is a position that every week, it's, seen, it's like a horse race. There's always somebody that looks like the most likely running back in the class every week, and it changes. This week, I'm going to say Chris Johnson. Uh, even though he visited Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is playing very well, I think Miami has a very, very good shot at Chris Johnson as of recording here on Wednesday. Uh, he visited with some teammates, so that's always a positive sign. Follow the visits. But speaking with folks, they feel good about where they stand with Chris Johnson. Uh, obviously, elite speed, a playmaker that is sorely needed uh, in Miami's offense with that 10-400 meter speed and the productivity. You watch his runs against some of the top teams on his schedule like Central and Chaminade. This guy's a major, major playmaker. One thing that's different, though, is that I always heard, you know, one high school back. But today I heard that they would not be opposed to taking Chris Johnson and a Mark Fletcher, you know, two high school backs, and they'll be working both of those at the same time. So that's a position to watch. But as of now, and this has changed a lot week to week, Chris Johnson I think is the most likely or the person that, that Miami has the most traction with as we sit here today. Uh, wide receiver, uh, Tayshawn Lines and Micah Mays. Tayshawn Lines out of the Bay Area. Uh, Micah Mays out of Benjamin. Those were two of the names that, that had been Miami been really focusing on. Uh, I would say as of now, you know, Washington's getting some momentum uh, with their big win at Oregon and just playing very well. They're out there on the West Coast like Lions is in the Bay Area. I think probably less than 50-50 on Tayshaun Lions right now. Washington more likely than, than Miami, even though he visited for the Florida State game, which is probably not the best game to visit for. Uh, Micah Mays, that'll be a battle. Battle with Wake Forest, which doesn't sound good, but you know, Wake Forest has a Palm Beach receiver that they're about to send to the NFL and A.T. Perry. They've been on, on Micah Mays. They've used that pitch. But I think Miami has a better chance of making headway there and potentially flipping him. This is a track star with size, with a great senior film and a great attitude, the type of guy that Miami has not been getting. And when you look at, at the top ACC receivers, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Miami didn't recruit out of Broward, A.T. Perry, Palm Beach didn't recruit. Oranda Gadsden out of Broward. Miami didn't recruit. Three of the top five receivers in the ACC, including the best. So 
Miami needs to correct that problem. Micah Mays is trying to address that situation, correct that problem. Uh, I'd say he's more likely than Tayshawn Lyons right now. Those are the two big names. And, you know, as I'm going through this breakdown, I, I should say I came on this bank a few weeks ago uh, and said, you know, next two weeks, look for big news. I didn't have the name, but I knew there was big news coming. That ended up being Cormani McLean committing two weeks later. The word I got is stay tuned the next week. It's Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. Stay tuned the next week, and Miami could be getting some very, very, very good news. Last time I heard it with that kind of cryptic message, we saw what happened. Cormani McLean, number two overall player in the country, best position player, non-quarterback in the country, committing to Miami in a major surprise. So that's the last time this happened. I just got the same word. Stay tuned the next week. So before we go through this position breakdown, I wanted to make sure that was out there. Pay attention, click Kane's Insight, dig in, because I'm hearing that there's going to be a great 28 days, and it's particularly good seven days. So stay tuned on that. Defensive line, same names. Horton, McLeod working those. Uh, Bain, that's going to be a 50-50 deal. Ruben Bain out of Central. Uh, I mentioned McC- sorry, McLeod and Horton, defensive tackles, for, committed to North Carolina and South Carolina, respectively. Miami's working both of those guys very hard. Um, but Ruben Bain, 50-50 chance. Expect us to add another linebacker, continue to work Stan Quan Clark. A corner. Damari Brown, feel good there, but that's, that's not a – Something that's going to happen imminently. They're going through the process slowly. Those heritage guys, uh, Brown is in that category. Um, I had mentioned that between Jakeem Jackson and Sharif Denson a couple weeks ago, it looked like Sharif Denson was the more likely name to flip to Miami. Now I'm hearing that Jakeem Jackson has emerged as a more likely name to flip to Miami. I think he's probably the more talented of the two, just longer, more pure speed. Sharif Denson more of a nickel. Um, So Jakeem Jackson out of Osceola. Starting to look very, very hard at Miami. So keep an eye on that name. Miami's working them hard. Would love to poach him from the Gators class. Miami does not have a lot of respect for the Gators class. They're not really trying to get a lot of those guys because they don't think those guys are very good. But they do want one of those corners. And Jakeem Jackson would be at top of that list. They would love to add. So that is the story on, on recruiting. But big picture, pay attention over the next week. There could be very, very good news on the horizon for the Miami Hurricanes. So that is the bank. Hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. 